Hi, this is Menle Golakai Agri. And this is Lauren Yoshiko, and you're listening to Broccoli Talk, a podcast for cannabis lovers. So, Menle, what do we have on deck today? Today, we're going to listen to a conversation that I had with Alexis Rosenbaum, the founder of Rosebud CBD. We talked a little bit about how she grew her business, uh, her path to discovering weed, and kind of just honestly like a check-in on some CBD companies and what's going on with, with leaders and people who own CBD businesses. I feel like a lot of us are trying to heal and seek different ways of doing that. I'm glad to hear it. I'm excited. I Like my cannabis universe was always so small within the Portland bubble. And I remember when Rosebud started to enter my network and they had a really respectable reputation for being like the first non-West Coast CBD brand that people were talking about. And like that timing right before people started to be like, wait, what's CBD? Like, is this real CBD? It'll be cool to hear more about it because that visibility of her at the front of that business, like that is nothing to shake a stick at. I'm definitely impressed with how like tied to everything she's stayed and, and they've grown a lot. So I'm excited to hear. What else is going on in your world this week? Oh, okay. Can I be honest with you? Of course. Please. <laughs> As you know, I think the first couple months or so were like these great bursts of inspiration, of pause, of reluctant meditation even, and maybe even a little bit of hope. I think there was some hope there. But these past couple days and weeks and just life in general has just, it's got me feeling kind of exhausted, you know, just tired for my ancestors, tired for my future, tired of being in the industry, just tired of everything. And I think on Instagram last week, the one of the founders of, of Dogwood Botanical said something that really hit the chord. She just mentioned how radically altered her perspective on prioritizing work has been. And I feel like that is just so huge. You know, it's been feeling difficult to like advocate for weed and be a part of the industry for fucking almost two decades of my life. And I'm just kind of out of steam. And I don't really know what's going on in the future. I'm just tired. I'm tired for just a lot of the people who are going through real pain. And you know, who who maybe even just feel like being tired is a luxury. You know, Wanda Cooper Jones lost her son this past year in February. He was shot down um, in Georgia by two white men. And I think there's just been a texture and a weight. And yeah, I'm just feeling it. But I am curious to like take, I don't know, some sort of teleport um, into your world and like what's going on in Portland? Is it is it raining or is the sun out? Like, how are you feeling? I mean, I feel you. It's unfortunately sort of what happened this past week. Everyone is kind of like reminded of the real world. This past week with Ahmad Arbery kind of was like a reality, like a like a visit from reality, being like, not everything's changed. Horrible shit still happens, and that I think shook what stability people had built up over the last two weeks kind of getting because I think some people I was feeling lighter I was feeling a little more adapted to quarantine life and feeling like okay I think I kind of have a handle on a rhythm that's helping me 
even feel creative a couple days, a couple hours out of the day and like uh, reaching a point of like suspended (laughs) surreality where it's like, hey, I can live here for a bit. But that was a reminder that um, my my own little quarantined life is still like in a privileged space so so far and away from a lot of people so I feel you as far as age goes our generation I mean we're the only ones that are built to survive this quarantine because we we're so used to living so many hours of our days digitally and connecting with people digitally we're very accustomed I mean we talked about teen nostalgia being something that is brought up in these times, our parents don't have teen nostalgia to lean on when they're trying to figure out Zoom and a group chat on WhatsApp. Like, they don't have any associations except for what they've learned so far. And most of them are doing like the most digital communications they've ever done in their lives right now. They've learned how to do some digital ones, but that's still not their norm. And it did make me grateful that however fucked up we'll all be from living on our phones, I'm grateful that we're all used to this enough that we're not only surviving, but like working so hard to support each other. Amen. I needed that that little lift. Uh. Good, good. We we all need all the comfort. Like we, uh, I'm happy to see that some of you used the comfort recipes from me and Menle. Got a lot of shout outs on the cinnamon toast. But yeah, uh, we're still waiting for some more recs because Menle and I only have so deep of libraries. So do tell us <laughs> what you guys are doing to stay sane. Let's go ahead and get into it. I'm ready to tune into your conversation with Alexis. Yeah, I think it should be very soothing and a nice sort of snapshot into um, some of the everyday lives of, of CBD folks. So let's get into it. My name is Alexis Rosenbaum, and I'm the founder and CEO of Rosebud CBD. It would behoove us to not catch up a bit. Um, I'm really curious to know what you've been up to these days. I've obviously been stalking you on Instagram because I'm your friend, or at least from afar. Um, but what have you been kind of leaning into during quarantine? How's business? How are how are you? I'm personally doing really well. I am a Taurus and so I'm a totally a secret introvert. I really thrive in my own space on my own schedule. And so owning my own business, working from home, you know, my life hasn't really changed that much, but I have really been, you know, like just focusing on establishing some new boundaries, uh, especially with work. I tend to just overwork, overthink, overcriticize. And so I've been really trying to like work Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and then just like really keep my Tuesdays and Thursdays to get creative or work on whatever. I've been working outside a lot and just like using my hands and working on house projects and just trying to get out from behind my computer screen and my phone as much as possible. And as much as this is a tough situation and it's affecting everyone so differently, I'm just trying to find all of the positives that I can in the situation right now. Has your CBD consumption gone up? What's the relationship to cannabis, especially being someone who owns a CBD company? Like what what does that look like in terms of you leaning into it as a source of healing or stress relief or focus? I definitely have noticed an uptick in both my CBD and cannabis consumption during this time. And I, I think it's more from just having more freedom to just like get into a creative mindset. You know, my personal use has been 
been up a, a little bit, but pretty steady. So I sort of love this bit about you. And for those of you who don't know, Alexis had a pretty strong anti-weed attitude growing up due to the D.A.R.E. era and all the reinforcements I think a lot of us were taught in school. And I know that then later on, you sort of discovered the glory of cannabis later in life. And I think it was suggested through your sister, I believe. Um, and you kind of found yourself in a, a somewhat comfortable space. And I'm just curious what that journey looks like and if you could just walk me through it. Again, I'm a Taurus and I'm just a really <laughs> stubborn person. And it's an ongoing life challenge for me to establish boundaries and have a routine, but also know to be flexible and that things are going to change. And it's cool if things change. And for me growing up, I only saw one path to getting to what I wanted. Um, and I, d I don't know if I knew what I wanted, but the life that I saw for myself didn't involve cannabis. I mean, I went to a Midwestern public school and I just have these like really vivid memories of these reenacted car crash scenes during like prom time. Yeah. And I mean, these people would be like covered in blood and like hanging out of the cars and like the car would be all mangled and like they would just expose us to these things like in the middle of school. Uh, I think I just was like type A on top of it. How could I consume cannabis if this is what cannabis is and what it looks like and what it does to you? But on the flip side, I was like consuming alcohol like it was no one's business. Raging alcoholic, like <laughs> showing up to track practice, like totally hungover, you know, would run it out of my system. It took me a lot of time. It took me a, a you know better part of my life until I got to my late 20s to finally be at a point where I was like, I'm breaking as a woman. Like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to be passionate about or like what my direction is or just how to manage everything that we're told we're supposed to manage. And I'd been on a journey of, you know, journaling and adjusting my lifestyle and actually giving up alcohol completely. And just nothing really seemed to help until the fir my first time I smoked cannabis, I just was like, this is mind blowing. Like this is opposite of anything I've ever been told. And this is fun. Need a CBD-only pen? The Quill is a vaporizer pen for everyone, everywhere. No additives, no dilutants, no fillers, no flavors, and no weird buttons or complicated settings to mess with. The Quill is ready to deliver a sippable microdose wherever you are, whether that's on a relaxing hike or getting cozy at home before bed. Quill CBD now brings pure, full-spectrum hemp extract to wherever you are. The hemp is grown organically in Oregon and processed just a few hundred feet away from the fields. To get your own, visit quillcbd.com for free shipping throughout the U.S. On Instagram, follow at quill.me and pass the quill. I think we need to have open and honest dialogue with our children about everything from sex to decision making to balancing checkbooks um, all the way to selecting like which substances uh, are available and like what are the pros and cons of each and just really lay it out honestly with our kids 
on the flip side, I'm also thankful that, you know, maybe I waited until I was of a more appropriate age to really appreciate what cannabis is and what it can do for me. I kind of want to dive into work. I know you're trying to (laughs) create boundaries, um, but I am fascinated by, you know, the shift. I read that you left your full-time job later to launch Rosebud in April of 2018. And I'm dying to to know how you did it. And was the career path that you were current, you know, previously in, did that at, in any way help give you, I don't know, the know-how to start a business so fast? I mean, what kind of aspects of maybe your personality or that type of work really helped you sort of catapult into launching Rosebud? Like a lot of young women, I grew up with sisters and we were always like starting businesses <laughs> and just doing whatever. I think at a young age, you know, my parents are blue collar parents. They didn't go to college. They they live in the Midwest. And one of their biggest lessons to me at a young age was money can offer freedom. Yes. If you can make your own money and be a responsible young adult, like we, we will have nothing to say to you. And I think I took that very seriously. And so I, I've always had a job and made my own money. And I'm I'm very number motivated. I love to see things grow. So I had a, a successful, thriving business for almost five years. It was in a sports-inspired jewelry line. Sold it in 2017. I'd already been sort of like looking at the CBD space and cannabis space, seeing how much of an impact it made on my life. I just knew I couldn't be the only woman from the Midwest who had been taught these ridiculous things, who was scared to death to change their opinion. I mean, to change my opinion on cannabis was like going from like a liberal to a Republican, you know, or or Democrat to a Republican. I'd already had a business. I'd proven that I knew how to grow, grow an audience. I knew how to whip up a website and I knew how to, how to network, you know? Yeah. So I sort of watched the CBD space and I um, was experimenting with the product. It's, you know, on my own for my own benefit. And through that journey of finding something that I liked, I noticed a lot of like pockets of opportunity. I was actually exploring it as an option because we were getting ready to go through uh, a fertility treatment and I didn't want to add a prescription um, to just sort of like, you know, further help my anxiety during the day. I'm just curious if one of your secrets to success has been this level of authenticity and like leveraging this radical honesty about who you are, what challenges you're going through. You know, I think a lot of people resonate that resonate to that, especially on your social media. I personally have. And I just think that that kind of transparency is really fascinating. And I would love to hear like how that feels being on the other end. In today's time, we're overly connected, but we're we're actually like really disconnected from each other. I also experience, you know, feeling disconnected and I really enjoy connecting with people, especially on Instagram and just sharing who I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, if I'm sharing a positive or negative experience, it's just nice to have people who just are either in it with you and can relate or can cheer you on and lift you up. And yeah, I don't know. I think the cannabis industry has so much stigma around it. And I just felt like from the beginning, if I can show that I'm a normal human being who can be successful and also experience hardships, 
other people might be more open to coming to Rosebud to just show interest in using my product or another brand's product or, you know, smoking weed for the first time. I was always scared to like, you know, what's the lingo? Like, are we going to hit this joint or like, right. do, like <laughs> do we pack a bowl? Like, I don't know. Like, what do you say? You know, like, do you guys got any weed? You know, I never know how to like approach that conversation. And I felt like, I don't want anyone to have that experience with me. I, I want to feel safe and I want people to be comfortable. And I, I've always just been an oversharer, I guess. <laughs> have you sort of turned people out onto CBD? Like most, have you had folks in your life maybe who were heavy, you know, THC dominant flower consumers and kind of given them this glimpse into the magic of CBD? Has that been like an interesting exchange or? Right off the bat, the, you know, first few people I think about is my Nana. She's kind Aww, of become like yes. a rosebud staple, but she's been a heavy cannabis flower consumer for the better part of 55 years and <laughs> yes. when when I approached her with CBD she was just like I mean I don't need this like why would I take this I've, <laughs> I've got weed you know here and I'm like yeah but it's a different experience and it's a good routine to like kind of double down you know especially if your weed is really rich in THC it's good to take a CBD supplement along with it. She takes it every day. Like she orders two to three bottles a month and she uses it for a wide range of things. The most interesting person recently has been my dad, who I would say is more anti-weed, but um, he's not personally consuming it. He's giving it to his dog. And it's been a really good entry into, you know, him having an understanding of what it is that I actually do and the product and like what it can offer uh, people who use it. So that's been kind of fun to be able to talk to him about that. I mean, talk to me about your your personal relationship with CBD. Like what was the pivotal moment that made you a, a quote unquote true believer? I, like I said, grew up tons of anxiety, ongoing panic attacks. I, I would think a lot of people can relate to the pressure we put on ourselves to just always be top performing. And I really had tried everything to reduce that, um, including smoking weed during the day. And that just proved to not work for me. Smoking weed during the day when I've got stuff to do or it just didn't really fit my lifestyle. And so incorporating CBD has just been really like a, a true blessing for me to be able to wake up and like feel like my best self and put my best self forward. When I'm creative writing sort of loosely for myself, I don't mind consuming like THC dominant flour. But I think when I'm like copywriting, you know, or like doing anything that is very technical, aka dealing with the FDA, like <laughs> rewriting things for them, you know, it's just not for all activities. But I am curious, like, what is your personal relationship in terms of THC being this bad girl of weed and, you know, CBD sort of being the good girl? And I am curious what you feel about those sentiments and what you tend to do depending on your cannabinoid usage. I really hate the separation of THC and CBD and hemp and weed. And I just think it's time that the industry as a whole, both arms comes together and just full on is like, look, we need both. We need the whole plant. We need CBN, CBG. We need all of the cannabinoids to really get what we need from it. And for a long time, I felt really weird about sharing my THC love because I'm a CBD. 
CBD business and I should only promote CBD, right? Right. But I think there's something really powerful about finding a nourishing relationship with all of the cannabinoids and taking your health back into your own control and being able to know like in the morning, I really prefer a low dose, a low strength of CBD. And in the evening, I really love to smoke a joint. You can benefit from both. I think it's kind of shameful uh, that the CBD market has, like you're saying, kind of like made THC like this bad girl. And like, she's just as great as like her, you know, her friends, like they go together. Yeah, I, I keep my CBD is more of like a vitamin and the consuming weed is more of like, what type of mindset do I need to get into? And is this appropriate for for this now? You know, not all CBD is created equal. And I'm curious as someone who takes pride in and is very diligent about making sure that their product is clean. um, I'm curious what you think everyday people should know or look for when they are consuming and buying CBD. I think the number one thing to look for when considering a company is just making sure the test results are made public and that that company's contact info is on the test result. Maybe reach out to that company and ask a few questions, see if they can even respond about the test results. If the test results aren't something you know, you're interested in, I think a couple things to look for that are important is, was it grown in the U.S. organically? Uh, is it a full spectrum product? And, you know, be able to maybe ask that company when when they say full spectrum, you know, does the product include a full spectrum, a wide profile of the cannabinoids and the terpenes in the plant? Those are some key things to consider. And I think, you know, speaking on food and the FDA and comparing it to uh, our CBD and cannabis, ingredients matter. So not only looking at the hemp extract itself, but what else is in the small bottle that you're, you know, you're going to consume? Is there something that's unnecessary? And does that matter to you? What has been kind of the most important or surprising lesson that you've learned existing within the cannabis industry? On the business side of things, you know, starting out, I was just young and I felt unstoppable and I just wanted to do what I was going to do. You know, I, I learned some hard lessons around what platform to build a website on, you know, what that platform can tell you you can and can't do and the power that they have over your website. You know, credit card processing is just, it's an absolute nightmare. It's just really crazy to still uh, still be experiencing those same, you know, those some of those struggles this far in. What kind of advice, if any, would you give to a small business owner sort of trying to keep things moving during the pandemic? I think there's a really beautiful part of starting a business, whether in a pandemic or not. It is the beginning of it because you don't have really anything. You just got yourself and whatever skills you have or can like self-acquire from you know watching YouTube videos or learning from e-courses. It's really fun to learn. And I think that's like the the really fun and beautiful part of launching a business is to just challenge yourself like what can I learn and what can I do on my own? And I think those that are willing to be gritty and to use what they have on the lowest budget possible, I think those are some of the people who who can 
win on their own, you know, scale of what winning, you know, means to you. I think there's just so much talk about fundraising these days and, you know, needing millions and millions of dollars, but that's one way to do things. That's one particular goal. For me personally, I'm grateful for the people that I can touch you know, and we obviously want to grow, but I don't know if I am the company that's looking for millions and millions of dollars so that I can own the entire market. That's not my vision. That's not my goal. You know, I don't want to be strapped to my computer replying to my investors, you know, wanting to know, like, why am I not doing what they want me to do? You know, my whole goal with wanting to own my own business was to do what I want to do, like on my own time. So I think during the pandemic, I think it's a great time to find some of the software that you might be interested in using. Like there's an email software called Clavio and it's an incredible software service and they offer tons of free classes on how to have successful email campaigns. And I, I think it's a great time to really dive into those new areas that you may not be in, you know, an expertise in and learn how to how to get those things going. You know, since Broccoli Talk is this this audio sort of soundscape, I think a lot of us are, are, are wrapped into sound now. And I want you to paint us a picture of what your perfect afternoon looks like. What does it sound like? What does it feel like? What are you smoking? What are you not smoking? Um, paint that picture for us if you can. My perfect afternoon would be a spring, early summer day where the sun is so hot and the sky is pretty clear. You know, pack a joint and some snacks and a bottle of water and head to the golf course where the grass is like just so pristine, like right when the golf course closes and just lay in the grass and soak up the warm sun. It just feels so good inside and out and just enjoy, you know, an uplifting, more focused weed where I just get lost in the shape and the sounds and the scents around me, the trees blowing and the way the grass smells and feels. I just love getting lost in you know, a sensory experience like that. Before we leave, just, you know, give yourself a shout out in terms of your IG, where to find you and any upcoming things that you might be having. You can find Rosebud on Instagram at rosebudcbd. And you can also check out our website at rosebudcbd.com. I really do appreciate it, though. Uh, even though we're recording from me to you, it's it's been really fun to catch up and, and chat. Yeah, no, thank you. I greatly appreciate the conversation and the, and the opportunity to you know be on Broccoli Talk. And I've so enjoyed listening to you guys. And I mean, it's a huge honor just to be a part of the I mean, I consider myself a part of the Broccoli family. So yeah. I'm <laughs> thankful for that. Yeah. This episode was produced by Anya Charbonneau. Our music is by Giselle Garcia, and our logo design is by Jennifer Wright. Learn more about Broccoli and subscribe to the magazine at broccolimag.com. We appreciate you.